Bibles and such. I want to talk to you just real quick this morning about some things that are on my heart, some things that are on Pastor Sean's heart, some things I think we need to be prepared for. Amen? You know, the Bible says, be not ignorant of Satan's devices. In other words, it says, don't, 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 don't misappropriate or misunderstand his plan. And the plan of the enemy is always the same plan, really. It is to cause you to doubt God. Now, he may come in a multiplicity of ways to get you to do that, but the end result is the same. Anything the devil says to you is to get you to discount what God has said. Any actions that he allows your eyes to see, anything he allows your ears to hear, anything he allows your body to feel. Listen, he, uh, he wants to use our natural five senses to cause us to discount something spiritual because he understands that if we don't forfeit what God has for us, it cannot be forfeited. And, and it's a powerful thing to understand. And, 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 and it's important for us to understand that though we have declared that this is our year of great victory, Though we have declared that this is a year filled with hope and with promise, that while we have declared that this is a season of increase and opportunity for us, that the enemy's job is to get us to think that it's not going to happen for us. In fact, I need you to understand, his plan is not to get all of us to see that that's not the will of God. His plan is just to get you to think it's not for you. He's okay with you seeing somebody else see the will of God come to pass in their life. What he's not okay with is all of us having the will of God come to pass. Because if he can convince you that it's happening for somebody else but it won't happen for you, you will forfeit the plan of God for your life. And the thing I want to say to you this morning is the way he typically does that is through the spirit of offense. Now, it's important for you to understand how the spirit of offense works because we're going to talk today about some effective habits for building healthy community. Now, when I talk about building healthy community, I'm not so much talking about community like out there. I'm talking about community within the body. And then an extension of community in your home, community where you work, community where you socialize. His job is to find out in which area he can cause offense to come to you. Because if offense comes to you, then you will forfeit the plan and promises of God for your life. Because you cannot accept God's plan while you're offended. It, it's the, it, that, that there's, this, there's this thing that, that really paints the picture of this. Uh, hunters in the jungle, the way they capture monkeys is they take a coconut. And they just cut a small hole in the coconut just big enough for the, for the monkey's hand to get into. They put some kind of fruit or bait or whatever it is into the coconut. And what happens is the monkey grabs the coconut. He, he puts his hand in the coconut. He grabs the fruit. Well, once he sees the hunter approaching, he vigorously tries to pull his hand out. But the hole's not big enough for his hand to come out, so he ends up getting captured when all he had to do was let the fruit go. God is trying to bless many people, but you won't let the offense go. You keep holding and you keep pulling. You wanting God to do something for you, but you just won't open your hand. and Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. 
Some folk just need to be released. I don't care if you go to church with them. I don't care if you live with them. I don't care if you work with them. I don't care if they're your kids. I don't care if they're your parents. At some point, you've got to decide holding on to whatever they have done to hurt you is not worthy enough of you missing out on what God wants you to do. So this morning, so Caleb, if you could pull up the PowerPoint, I want to talk about effective habits for building healthy community. This won't take long, but, and I'll put the PowerPoint up as, as, as we're done um, in, in, in the group, but I, I want to talk to you uh, about this, though, because it's so important for you to understand that when we talk about healthy community, healthy community is about you as much as it is anybody else. Yes. The Bible says that if you want to have a friend, then you must do what? Show yourself friendly. You must show yourself friendly. So if you want to be a friend, you got to learn how to first be friendly. Sometimes we want folk to be friendly, and then we will befriend them. But I want to show you uh, in today's teaching just how important it is for us to have community. Now listen, as individuals, we may all be highly talented. And no doubt some of us are even brilliant, if nothing else, at least in our own right. We believe we are. I mean, if nothing else, we believe, we believe that we're brilliant. And no doubt you are brilliant, but no matter how talented you are and no matter how brilliant you are, none of us live, none of us live, none of us work, none of us play in a vacuum all by ourselves. You have to interact with other people. And I don't care, listen, you're looking at one of the, one of the persons who used to declare that he was the most a antisocial person there is. I don't care how antisocial you may be, you have to learn to get along with people. You have to learn to work with people. God never called us to be in this world alone. And it's important that we understand that. Our ability to develop productive and effective relationships with other people will ultimately have a large determining factor on how successful we will be in our lives. It doesn't mean, it, whether it be at home, at work, at church, or any other environment, when people exist, in relationship is going to be necessary. Wherever there are people, there's going to have to be relationship. And here's the, here's the thing about relationship. You always have two imperfect people in a relationship. At a minimum, you got two imperfect people. Here at FOC, we got about 100 imperfect people. So you get 100 imperfect people together, somebody is bound to rub somebody the wrong way. And the problem is, is that if you don't learn how to work through that conflict, if you don't learn how to understand what it means, if you don't understand what your part is to play, you will live your life always blaming other people. It'll always be this church. It'll always be this job. It'll always be this organization. It'll always be something. You know, I got a fraternity brother. God bless him. He can't get along with nobody. It ain't us. It's him. People need to understand if it's 100 people and you don't get along with none of them, the problem is not the people. It's you. And we got people all over the world. They marrying folk one, two, three, four, five times. It ain't the folk you're marrying. It's you. You. So we got to talk about this. We got to talk about how do you have healthy and effective community or relationship. And I use this word community and relationship kind of interchangeably today because it's important that you understand if you don't have healthy relationships with people, 
then you end up missing out on the very things God will have to do for you because in so many times God uses somebody else to be a blessing to you. In the same way that he uses you to be a blessing to somebody else. We must, but you, you got to understand that each and every one of us can become better relationship masters. But we only can do that by committing to practicing a few basic and necessary skills. We know the relationship, the relationship is the will of God. Say relationship, relationship. Is, the will of God. is the will of God. I want you to look at Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. I think they have it on the screen. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. It says, it, God said this when he was talking to Adam in the garden. He said, it is not good for the man to be what? Wow. Tell your neighbor, say, it's not good. For you, to do life for you to do life by yourself. By yourself. Oh, I know it's deep because people say things like this. You know, I keep my circle small. Exactly. As though that's supposed to be impressive. You keeping your circle small means you're limiting your opportunities. See, we, we take these worldly sayings and we apply them to our lives like they make us deep and powerful. And they actually make you weak and pitiful. Because the fact that you ain't got but two friends is not something to be glorified about. No, seriously. Be like, I ain't got, I ain't got but two friends. And then we sing dumb songs like no new friends. And, and so what happens is you end up becoming a person who can't grow because you can't grow because your two friends don't grow. So now your two friends don't grow and you don't grow or you read one book and they don't read anything. You think you brilliant in your own sight again. <laughs> So we got to talk about how do we have healthy community? Because if you're going to have healthy community, you're going to have to understand you're not always going to be the sharpest tool in the shed all the time. You're not always going to be the shark in the pond. Sometimes you're going to be the little bitty guppy in the ocean. And that's okay. That's okay. It's okay to be the guppy in the ocean because you can learn from everything else in the ocean. And if you learn to do relationships right, you, the guppy and the shark can hang out together. The way it is right now, guppies stay away from sharks because they don't want to get eaten. Yeah. And right now, people stay away from other people because they don't want somebody to hurt them. But staying away from people because you don't want people to hurt you is not an effective strategy to live and build community. So if we're going to build community, we have to understand God said it is not good for men to be alone. He said, I will make him a helper suitable for him. Now, we know that when he was talking here in Genesis 2 and 8, he was talking about giving Adam a help me. He was talking about giving Adam a wife. But I'm saying to you that the same thing is true here because we find out that when Jesus sent the men out to minister, he sent them out. The Bible says two by two. He didn't send them out alone. Why? Because he knew that if one, the Bible says if you go out together and one stumbles, the other can do what? Help pick him up. So when you begin to limit the people in your life, when you stumble, who's going to be there to pick you up? And then sometimes we limit the people in our life, and then when we stumble and the person can't pick us up, we fall out with that one friend who was in the group of two. Now you got one friend. And do you know what kind of drain? <laughs> can I just talk to you this morning? I may not use a whole bunch of scripture, but do you know what kind of drain you can be on a person when you all they got? We talk to couples, married couples, all the time, and inevitably one of them, it could be the wife, it could be the man, it don't matter. They, are, they don't have no friends. The other person got friends. They got a life. And the person who don't have friends is sucking the life out of the other person. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. you were not designed to be everything for that one person. 
You just were not. You just were not. I love when my wife goes on her girl's trips. She come back refreshed. She she come back happy. She come back joyous. Why? Because they get to interact in ways that me and her don't interact. And she's a complete whole person. She doesn't just need the Edwin interaction. She needs all of those other interactions that she gets and vice versa. And so you have to understand, you know, the thing about community, you know, and I say it's funny now because we're small enough that pretty much everybody can speak to everybody. But if we're running, if we're running, if we're running three services on Sunday with 500 people in each service, you ain't going to speak to everybody. It's just not going to happen because we're going to have to get somebody in and get y'all out and get somebody in and get y'all out. And by the time we get through, we're going to take a nap. So you can't be like, well, Pastor didn't speak to me today. The usher didn't speak to me today. Well, Chris told me she was going to first service, and she went to second service, and she didn't call me. And people fall out over all of those things because they don't understand how community works. They don't understand how relationship works. It's the same reason that Paul says in Hebrews 10 and 25, 10 and 25, we're not supposed to be alone. He says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. He says, as the manner of some is. In other words, he says, don't forsake getting together with each other like some folk did. He said, but exhorting one another. When we get together, that's what we're supposed to be doing. What? Exhorting one another. That's why when we come to church, we congratulate each other. We support each other. That's why you need a community. It's the reason, Pastor, and I say, hey, if you do something and you get a promotion on your job, you get an award on your job, something happens, let us know. We want to let everybody know. We want to celebrate with you together. And some people, I get it, they're like, you know, oh, that's okay. I don't want nobody thinking I'm here. No, we want to tell everybody how awesome you are. Because as a community, when you shine, we shine. Because that's what community does. Community doesn't go, oh, look at them, they think they so much. Community, all, and you got to understand, you can have community within community. See, a lot of folk don't know how tribe works. They don't understand how tribe works. And the reason they don't understand how tribe works is because they have, been in, they have seen dysfunction all of their life. Let me show you an example. If you, go to the, if you go to the secret service, the secret service, one of their jobs besides protecting people, is to oversee counterfeit currency. That's part of their job. In fact, it's the original reason why the Secret Service was even created, to, to make sure that it wasn't counterfeit currency. If you ask any Secret Service agent who has spent time in that work, they will tell you they never spend time looking at fake money. They spend all of their time only looking at the real thing. They say because if you can look at the real thing long enough, the counterfeit stands out so much. Most people ain't seen real community. Most people ain't really seen real, truthful, honest, growing relationships. So all we have studied is inadvertently or or on on purpose, all we have seen is, is bad, dysfunctional community. And as a result, John Goodland, who is a researcher, says we teach what we were taught. As a result, we go on and we perpetuate more bad community. So we perpetuate bad community after bad community. And then we don't understand why it is, and I don't mean, I don't, this is not a, 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 
an ethnic racial thing, but, but you'll get what I'm saying. You'll get several people together, especially black people. You'll get several of us together, and people start talking about what we need to do. And you'll always have somebody go, well, you know black folks can't work together. It's just true. It's just true. It's what they say. Well, you know, you know black folk can't work together. You know why? Because we've never seen good community. We have never seen good community. Searcher did a whole entire teaching, and in part of his teaching, he talked about why we haven't seen good community. We haven't seen good community because once we were shipped here to America, we know the whole story about what happened to us. We didn't, and so we have perpetuated that. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, neighbor, it's time for a switch. Uh-huh. It's time for a switch. It's time for us to start generating good community so that our children's children's children won't know what bad community looks like. And, and, and it's not a racial thing. I'm talking about everybody in the kingdom of God. Because understand, we bring what we know from the world into the kingdom until we learn something else. That's what the Bible says. Be not transformed. He says, be transformed in the renewing of your life. Be not conformed to this world. He says, listen, I know you've been taught bad community, but don't conform to it. Come over here and then be what? Transformed, but by the renewing of your mind. So we got to learn how to transform our minds because if not, the enemy will throw seeds of, of offense in there and you will get offended with people. And, and here's the thing. Most people, and don't take this the wrong way, but take this the wrong way. Most people are so cowardly, they won't even entertain confronting someone who's offended them. Yeah, most folk will get offended and just leave. They'll leave community with the expectation that they're going to go somewhere else and all these other people who don't learn bad community not going to offend them. You might as well be offended and work through the junk with the people you already know. That's why when I talked to married couples, I'm like, look, y'all offended with one another, but at least you know each other. You might as well work through what you got right now because all you're going to end up doing is going and and perpetuating that same mess on somebody else. Tell your neighbor, say, it's time. time. We understand understand. Community. community. It says, Forsake not the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as ye see the day approach. I like the voice translation. In the voice translation, the next one, it says this. It says, don't forget to gather as a community. In Acts 20 and 20, Paul says, don't forget. Remember how I came to you and I taught you from house to to house. They didn't even have big church. There was no such thing as mega church. Even though in the book of Corinthians, when you read, the Bible says they had 100,000 people and 10,000 instructors. Why would you need 10,000 instructors with 100,000 people? Because they were meeting in small community. They, that, that's where the concept of small group comes from. Now, what people have done is they have done, in some cases, they've done small group just as a way to, to, to make sure that, you know, people stay connected to the church. It's not supposed to be about the church. It's supposed to be about you. Small group is about you. It's about the fact that if we run in three services with 500 people, I may not know that you got somebody in the hospital, but your small group ought to know. Your community ought to know to pray for you. And you can't be jealous because one community get together and go bowling and your community don't do nothing. Then you get together with your community and y'all go bowling. 
or do whatever you got to do. But because we haven't seen good community, we, we, we function like that. Listen, there are times, it makes my heart happy. It's times I'll see pictures on, on Instagram or Facebook of Rich and Jimmy and, and searching them all together, and that makes my heart glad. Why? Because that's community within community. But other folk can see those same pictures and be like, well, they didn't invite me. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? And that breaks down community. See, two people see the same thing and see it differently. And I got to teach this to you because we got to grow. And when we grow, I don't want folks getting offended. So when I see folks in groups and they're doing things, I'm like, yes, that's community within community. You know, I know that sometimes, it, you know, people used to say, you know, well, well, y'all didn't invite me. Well, listen, let me tell you something. The way to get invited is to hang around. If we say church is over and you go, you ain't never going to get invited nowhere because we assume you don't want to be bothered. The assumption is you got something else to do with some other community, and that's cool, but don't get mad at me because you didn't get invited to go eat. Tell your neighbor, say, we got to learn what good community looks like. All right, so why do we need good relationships? <laughs> Y'all know I'm right. Why do we need good relationships? Human beings are naturally social creatures. Whether you think so or not, we crave friendship. We crave positive interactions. In fact, we crave it as much as we do food, water, and shelter. So it makes perfect sense that the better our relationships are, the happier and more productive we're going to be. If you have, you look at, research says you look at people who have fulfilling relationships, they are happier in almost every area of their life. Now, fulfilling relationship is defined by you, not me. So whatever fulfilling is for you. My, my daughter, Jordan, loves being alone, but she still has friends. It just happened to be a virtual tablet. But everybody desires connection with something. And when she wants to go somewhere and have a birthday party, she's looking for somebody to go to a birthday party with, and we had a conversation. You can't go to somebody's birthday party if you only talk to them when it's time for their birthday party. Because that ain't good community. Good community don't say, hey, I want to be with y'all when y'all doing something fun. I want to be with y'all when y'all doing something fun. I want to be with y'all when y'all doing something fun. And then, and then the whole time you're just jumping from group to group, never really building any real relationship. Sometimes community says, I want to go bowling. and everybody says, I want to go to the movie. I say, well, I go to the movie with y'all. That, that, that tribe says, I would rather do this, but I'm willing to do something else if it means we can all be involved. But most folk don't even have that kind of mindset. Listen, Pastor Sean said this, and she shouldn't have said it the way she said it, but she did, and it's okay. <laughs> well, y'all laughing, but let me tell you what she said first. So Pastor Sean told her, she said, Pastor Edwin said that he asked the Lord to let him be the man. Then when he go out to eat, he want to pay the bill. That, that was my testimony. Some folk heard that and was like, cool, me too. Other folk heard it was like, hey, can I go eat with you? <laughs> Do you see? Tribe says, I want to be a person who can do that too, or I want to ascribe to that. Not, ooh, what can I get out of the tribe? 
You got to understand this thing about community is yeah. so important because if you can build community and you can get people to understand what it's supposed to look like, you can build something great. Let me show you how powerful, I'm going to get back to this, let me show you how powerful community was. The Bible says there was a time in which community came together and community said, you know what, we're going to build us a tower. We're going to build a tower, it's going to go all the way to heaven. We're going to go, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to just walk on up there. And the Bible says there was such community, there was such oneness, there was such understanding between them. The Bible says that God looked from heaven and literally saw the tower already built. They hadn't got one brick yet. But community says we're going to do something. And when community does that, God said it's already done. Can you imagine what would happen if we got together and said, you know what, I'm going to do my part. I'm going to make sure FOC grow. I'm going to make sure I volunteer. I'm going to make sure I give. I'm going to make sure I pray. I'm going to make sure I tell people. I'm going to make sure I, I'm going to do my part. Man, we would blow up. We would blow up. Why? Because when we get together and say we're going to do something as community, the Bible says God sees it as already done. So why do we need good relationships? Because we crave it. We were designed that way. God put that in there. He said, it's not good for a man to be alone. He says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. Let's take a look at something. And I know that most of you are familiar with this, but I want to I share this with you. Pull up that next slide for me. Understand this. There was a gentleman by the name of Abraham Maslow. Now, most of you probably know who that, know who that is. Abraham Maslow was an American psychologist who is best known for creating what we know as Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Most of you understand that. Human psychologists believe that every person, regardless of their race, their gender, their sexual orientation, doesn't matter. They believe every person has a strong desire to realize their full potential and to reach this level known as self-actualization. I must be an American psychologist because I believe that it is the will of God for every single person to reach their fullest potential. That's all we preach about. That's all we talk about. We say you find out what God wants for you, and then we want you to reach that potential. But according to Maslow, no matter how much I preach about that, you can't ever reach it if you don't have certain things met. Go to the next, go to the next slide. This is, this is Maslow's hierarchy of needs. I know you have seen this. If you, even if you slept through your one-on-one psychology class, I know you've seen this. And basically what Maslow said, Maslow was, was the opposite of Freud. Freud spent a lot of time talking about the bad of people with psychology and all of our bad tendencies. Maslow says, no, 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 there are some things innate in human beings that want to be great. They just have to make sure certain needs are met first. So Maslow ascribes to this, that the first thing we got to have is our psychological needs. Psychological needs are things like food, water, uh, sleep. They put sex down here, but I, but, but I understand. It's, but it's, it's different than sexual intimacy. Some of his charts don't have this. I put that up there because sex is this basic, raw, passion, physical need. You know, I ain't get married to be celibate. Mm -mm. That's a basic that's a, that's a basic need. He says, and you got to have these needs met right here, or you can forget the rest of this. If you ain't got no food, 
You don't have no water. You don't have no shelter. You can forget about being the best you. That ain't what you're thinking about. What you're thinking about is what am I going to eat? So Maslow says, here's level one. Then it says, then you need to take care of safety issues, things like your body, employment. Or you got to have resources, whether somebody's going to try to kill you or not, but how your family doing, your health, your property, just, just basic needs. He says, and once you have taken care of all of those basic needs, then you need community. This is where community comes. Community is this sense of love and belonging. You can say all day you don't need nobody. Use a lie. Now you lying. Use a lie. You need love and belonging. It is, it, is, it is right down here. And notice where it is. It's in the middle of that pyramid. It's in, the, it's in the middle of that pyramid in the place that's the absolute strongest. Maslow says you got to have this sense of love and belonging. You need friendship. You need family. You need sexual intimacy. That's why I say there's nothing wrong if you want to do it the right way and say, you know what, I want to be with someone. Get married. Have all the sex and sexual intimacy you want. There's a way to do it. Maslow says there's, there's a need for that. He says, now, once you have taken care of these two, and if I can teach you, over the course of several months, to at least begin to think about how you need to improve in this area, he says, now you can start to develop these two. The reason why some folk always think somebody talking about them when you walk up is because they don't have this. If I walk up and Cedric and Jimmy and Rich and, and, some, and, and Valdez and, and, and Graham are talking, I don't walk up into the group and be like, and they start talking, go, y'all talking about me? No, you just interrupted. <laughs> so it's a natural thing for people to stop and let you into the conversation. But if you don't have, <laughs> but if you don't have this right here, then you can't have this right here. If you don't have this basic understanding that people love you, that you are part of a community, and watch this. When you're a part of a community, you don't have to show out to be part of a community. If you have to show out to be part of the community, that is a pseudo-community, and you are a pseudo-member of that community. That, that's, that's why you don't have to be anybody but you to fit in here. You ain't got to be anybody but you. you. You don't have to be loud. You, don't, you can be quiet. You don't have to be funny. You can be boring. It don't matter. You just fit, you just fit in here. We love you as you are. But the problem is a lot of people, don't, they, they, they lack self-esteem. They like confidence, no achievement. And the reason they don't have no respect for other people, the reason they talk about other people behind their back is because they assume other people talk about them behind their back. They don't respect other folks. They don't think nobody respects them. Now, Maslow says if we can take care of these two basic needs, get you to understand what community is, you can start to build up your self-esteem, your confidence, your achievement, respect of others, and respect by others, and now you can reach this place known as self-actualization. Self-actualization, I want to, to read this to you, is defined as the desire for self-fulfillment, namely the tendency for you, the individual, to become actualized in what your true potential really is. You can't live out your true potential on the top of that pyramid if you ain't got them other four straightened out. What, what so many Christians want to do, they want to get you saved and throw you to the top of the pyramid. And while that seems awesome, that's why people get frustrated. This right here, I had a conversation with a guy the other day talking about church hurt. I said, let me tell you something. 
not just church hurt. You don't know hurt until you get past the hurt. I said, you don't know what hurt is until you stay up six hours planning for a message. Two hours putting together a presentation. Preach for an hour and six people show up. And five of them go to sleep on you. You don't know what hurt is. Everybody's been hurt, but you got to deal with your own hurt. You know how you deal with your hurt? Because I don't care who comes to church. I don't care who claps me on the back. I don't who, who do it because I got folk who love me. Preaching is not who I am. It's just what I do. It's just what I do. I love it, but it's just what I do. It's not who I am. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be doing something else and be just as happy. As long as I was making money. That's how you know I love this. Don't make no money at it. It's the only thing I do for free. I tell my wife that all the time. Only thing I do for free. And I only do it for free because I... I love some people. I love some people. I love seeing people's lives change. I got some community. I got some tribe that every time we start teaching stuff, they start getting their life changed. It encouraged me to keep going. But you can never get here. You can never get to this place where you are, where, where you are this, this total person who are free and confident to live out your dreams if you don't deal with the fact that you do need community. And not only do you need it, you need to learn how to function in it properly. Amen, somebody. All right, so God, so good relationships give us several other benefits. Here, here's what they are. Good relationships give us freedom because instead of spending time and energy overcoming the problems associated with negative relationships, we can instead focus on opportunities to build, to grow, to develop, to increase, and win in life. When we learn how to functionally operate with other people, it makes us better people. When we become better people, we do better things. You ever heard the term hurt people? Hurt people? Hurt people hurt people because it's all they got in them. Some, sometimes people are hurting people and they're not even trying to. The real reason, can I help you? The real reason why people gossip is they do it for a sense of belonging. Take a, say lie. Take a moment, think about it. The only reason why you're telling somebody else's business that they haven't trusted you to have is because you think that somehow by spilling the beans on those people, someone else is going to endear you. When the truth is, they just know you're a bean spiller. So they listen to you, but don't share any of their stuff with you. <laughs> so when I'm at work and people are telling me about all the other people's business, I'm like, really? Oh, my God. But I ain't telling them nothing about my life. <laughs> Not a thing. Why? Because you have demonstrated you can't keep your mouth closed. People say it all the time. They're like, man, you know, I had people say to me, I told you and Pastor Sean something, and I was just waiting for it to get back. I'm like, you've been waiting a long time. Right. Can, I, can I just be, can I be open with y'all because I love y'all? Two reasons. One, it's not right. Two, I don't care enough. Come on. <laughs> Come on. No, no, no. It's not in the root. I don't care enough to hold in my head all the conversations I've had with other people so I can run and tell you. I just don't care that much about it. Once I can help somebody, then I'm done with it. I release that information. But number one, it's just wrong to do. And if I do it to you, you a fool to tell me anything. That's how community works. That's why you have community where people are like, mm, ain't telling you nothing. Why? Because in a community, here's what, here, can I show you what really happens? Somebody tell me something. Now, Rich, I'm going to tell you, man, don't tell nobody. Rich like, now, Jan, I'm going to tell you, but don't tell nobody. 
G ain't go to Angel. Now, Angel, Jim, Rich told me this, but don't tell nobody now. Don't tell nobody. She go, all right. And then she go, now, Jimmy, don't you tell nobody. Because anybody think that one person you told? Now, before you know it, everybody know it. And, and, and you mad that everybody know, but the fact of the matter is, it started because somebody didn't understand community. Now, that, that, that's, okay, let me help you. Because at least in African-American families sometimes, it probably happens in other people's culture too, but we used to have this saying, well, go on in this house. The problem with that kind of community is that kind of mess hides things that should be exposed. Uncle Billy touching somebody, somebody ought to tell on Uncle Billy. Billy needs to be, be locked away. And what happens is, is we've taken this sense of community and applied it to the wrong thing. We, we, we try to say, no, no, what happened in this house? It stay in this house. Well, and I get, I get the saying of it because I don't want my little kids to hear me talking on the phone to somebody and then run out and telling it. But what I'm talking about is this sense of community that says, you know what? Even though it may be juicy to tell, I love you enough not to do that. That's what community does. That's what community says. So we got to get this together, okay? We got to get this. We got to work on this area right here, all right? All right, so let's define, let me, let's, run, let's run along. Let's define some key elements of a good relationship. Because if you're going to have a good relationship, you need to know what the characteristics of a good relationship is. I told you that the, the Secret Service, they spend time studying what? Real money. They don't spend time studying the fake. Next slide. So, if you, so understand, if we're going to define these key elements, the first, thing, uh, the first key in any relationship is what? Trust. Trust. Trust is the foundation of every good relationship. When you trust the people you do life with, you form a powerful bond that helps you to work together and to communicate more effectively. When I trust you, I'm willing to be more open with you. When I, when I, I, I'm not going to talk to Chris in a guarded way. I'm going to just talk to Chris with my heart. Why? Because I love Chris. I trust Chris. But if it's somebody who I don't trust or I don't love, I'm going to be guarded in my words. And if people are guarded in their words, you can only help them to the level that they have let their guard down. That's why I tell married couples all the time, listen, don't waste my time and don't waste yours. If you're unwilling to be honest about what's going on, we can't work through this. But if you're willing to be honest about what's going on and you can just put it out there and you don't care what it looked like, you can work through it. Because wherever there is trust, even if it's an inkling of it, it's something to build off of. Amen? Number two, the second thing you got to have it's mutual respect. When you respect the people you do life with, you value their input and ideas, and they value yours in return. Doing life together, you can develop and find solutions based on your collective insight, wisdom, and creativity. That's the reason we say we need community. We need community for victory zone. We need community for setup. We need community for the prayer team. We need community for the Easter egg hunt. We need community for all of these things that we're doing because it takes more than one person. And when you get two or three people, you get the best ideas. You get the best thing that comes along. You get the best out of everything. But people don't do that if they don't trust you. And number two, if they don't respect you. Now, people talk all the time about how, you know, you got to earn respect. No, you don't. You know, you, that's, that's a lie. You, gotta, you don't have to earn respect. In, in fact, you have respect till you lose it. 
God don't make you perform. He don't be like, come on, dance for me. Let me see what you got. <laughs> God don't do that. God, God respects us. And he honors us. And when we mess up, then he fixes it. And so we got to have this thing about having some mutual respect for people. You know, that's why Pastor Sean had us doing that, that forgiveness exercise. Man, listen, if it's somebody you can't stand, somebody you don't have no respect for, you can choose to release that. You really can. Like, but, but, but you don't know what they've done. Yeah, I know. But you don't, you, you, don't, other, you don't know what somebody ain't saying that about you. But you can choose to let them go. So we, these key elements here is trust, is mutual respect, and then number three is open communication. Open communication. We communicate all day long. Do you know that? Whether verbally or non-verbally, we are communicating with people. When folk are talking to you and you pull out your cell phone, and start on your cell phone while they're trying to tell you something. You are communicating. I ain't studying you. Now, you may not think that's what you're communicating, but, but that's exactly what you're communicating. You know, I have, I have nonverbal tics when people talk to me. And I, and I know that, and I'm, and I'm trying to work on it, because if you start to talk to me about something I don't want to engage you in, I listen to you, and while you're talking, I go... <laughs> So if you ever see me doing that, all you have to do is say, Pastor Edwards, it's a better time for me to talk to you. And I'll be like, you know what? I'm sorry. It is. Give me five minutes. Let me fix, and I'll come back to you. My wife, we were doing it just the other day. She was getting ready to go, and she was really excited about the preaching thing she was going to, and I was trying to get a whole bunch of stuff ready. I had an RFP that I was writing. It was due March 23rd. We had to have these three copies done. I had to have them FedEx to, to Virginia, and I was working on that. She was talking to me about preaching, and she said, did you hear what I said? And I went, mm-hmm. <laughs> Nonverbal tick, man. And she said, she said, do you want me to talk to you about this later? I said, if you'll give me till 3 o'clock, at 3 o'clock I'll give you my undivided attention, even if I ain't done. And she can't, I think she forgot or something. <laughs> 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 Amen. Hey. <laughs> hey, but if it's important, she came back. <laughs> Amen. Listen, we got to learn how to do community. Kayla, go to the next slide. Open communication. There you go. When we communicate all day long, whether verbally or non-verbally, the better and more effective we communicate what we actually intend with those around us, then the richer our relationships become. The more I can actually articulate to you what I really mean and what I'm really saying, the richer our relationship becomes. All good relationships depend on open, honest, and transparent communication. Uh, not just marriage, all relationships. All relationships depend on it. So here are some key elements that must be in a relationship or in community if it's going to function. Trust, mutual respect, and open communication. Now, let's go to the next thing. What are some prerequisites for building good community or good relationships? You know how when you was in school, um, you wanted to take that class you had to take to graduate, but they wouldn't let you take that class until you took that other class there was a non-credit course first. Those are called prerequisite classes. It means you got to take that class before you can do something else. There are some prerequisite things that we must do as human beings before we get qualified to build good relationships. Amen? Number one, you got to learn how to develop your people skills. You got to learn how to develop your people skills. There is nothing cool about being socially awkward. 
Now, I'm not trying to make fun of anybody. It's just not. There's nothing cool about being socially awkward. People are like, oh, you know, I'm just socially awkward. Well, listen, <laughs> the, the fact of the matter is that didn't, that didn't serve you. So you need to learn to develop people skills. You need to learn to look people in the eye when you speak with them. When you shake somebody's hand, you actually grasp their hand. I can't stand for a man to shake my hand like I'm like, oh. Do not shake my hand like that. You grasp my hand and you shake my hand. And people need to learn to develop their people skills. People need to learn that it's not always about you. You ain't always got to be cutting folk off when they talking. You got to learn people skills. <laughs> you got to learn people skills. Listen, if you want to be in a if you want to be in a good relationship with people, you cannot have what I call the one-up spirit. <sighs> Lord Jesus, ain't nothing worse then every single time I tell you about something happened in my life, you got to one-up me about what happened to you. I tell you, I got three inches of snow. You were like, I was skiing in Colorado. The Lord blessed me with a new car. I got a train. It's like everything ain't got to be about you. Sometimes you can just hold your place and listen to other people and celebrate them. Community says you got to, listen, these are prerequisites. You ain't going to be a good community if you don't learn how to do this. You got to develop some people skills. Good relations start with good people skills. How well you collaborate, how well you communicate, and how you deal with conflict is vitally important to building good relationships. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. All, conflict all conflict is not bad. Is not bad. Some of you passive-aggressive jokers need to change. Ain't nothing wrong. Ain't nothing wrong. Are you still coming to the benefit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ten minutes before you're supposed to show up, I'm not going to be able to make it. Well, you knew you weren't going to make it two weeks ago. You're just being passive-aggressive. You didn't want to have a conversation two weeks ago, but that's cowardly. Yeah. Come on. Listen, I get it. Everybody ain't confrontational. But everybody needs to learn how to handle conflict. I'm confrontational. <laughs> I'm confrontational. You don't have to be confrontational, but you need to learn how to handle conflict. You can't just let stuff stew and stew and stew and stew until you get to your boiling point and then you blow up. And people are like, you acting like that over a napkin? No, you acting like that over the last 50 things that happened. Right. Right. Amen, somebody. Amen. All right, you got to learn how to develop. You got to learn how to develop your people skills. Lord, let me get back to my noon. All right, number two, come on. Once you learn how to develop your people skills, what's the next thing you got to do? You got to understand your own EI, your emotional intelligence. You've got to learn your own emotional intelligence. This is your ability to recognize your own emotions and to clearly understand what your emotions are telling you. Most men, I'm just going to say it, we have really low EI. 
because in order to be successful in a male-dominated society, having high EI makes you look like a punk. <laughs> I'm just going to say it. Now, we are gravitating away from that, and we are asking men to develop their EI because that's the reason a lot of relationships mess up is because men, I'm going to say it, men don't have high emotional intelligence. I, over 23 years, I have developed mine, but mine are probably still at the basic level, maybe intermediate on certain days. Why? Because I, I don't, if, if, how am I supposed to look at you and know what you need? You got to tell me, and I'll do whatever you need me to do. But if you're going to be successful in developing relationships, you can't just be like, you got to tell me every time. I've had to learn, develop my EI so that when she looks a certain way, I know what's up. Now, I will tell you and be honest with you and the fellows who need some help with this, let me help you. I didn't always just do mine off EI. I did mine like a memory bank. It was like, ooh, I recognize that look. It was like data for prompt. <laughs> Last time she looked like this, this was the problem. Beep, 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 beep. Go on my side, Captain. Ah, this was supposed to be your strong. I know what's wrong. How did you know? I remember. But sometimes, sometimes developing your EI means you just got to commit to certain things. Listen, if you're going to be a good community, you got to have, you got to learn to build your emotional intelligence. Listen, I had something else I wanted to say about this. Y'all making me laugh. Let me see. High EI also helps you to understand the emotions and the needs of others. And when you understand your own EI, it will help you become a much better person and a better predictor of your triggers. Of your triggers. That's what I wanted to say. When you develop your emotional intelligence, you understand that sometimes somebody can say something and it has nothing to do with them. It has everything to do with things you haven't dealt with inside. You haven't resolved it. So, 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 the fact, so the fact that she said you don't understand, she, she wasn't talking about you. It just triggered you because your daddy always told you you didn't, understood, you didn't understand. Or your mama said you didn't understand. Or your mama said so. So it's triggering you. But once you understand your own EI, then you get to the place where you go, okay, they said that, but okay, that, that, that didn't happen like that. I give you a prime example. I don't think she'll mind me telling you. This happened to us just the other day. And I use our example because, man, look, we're still growing and becoming. So the other day, Pastor and I was having this conversation. And the conversation had to deal with, like, you know, what would you do if, blah, blah, blah. This little crazy thing we were doing driving the car. And it was something she had said. I forgot exactly what it was, but I was like, mmm, ah. You know, it was like, would you rather? And I was like, nah, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't do that one. And she said, well, you got to pick one. What would you do? And I was joking. I you know, wasn't watching my words. And I said, mm, no, i just kill myself. Oh, no, I can't do that. And she, and she looked at me. And then she kind of almost like started crying. I was like, what? She's like, why did you say that? And I was like, we was playing. I mean, what? What happened? And I realized it had triggered. I didn't realize what she told me. It triggered her. She was like, Strick, you know my dad killed himself. I was like, yo, my bad. Totally forgot about that. But because she understood her own EI, she says, I get it. It wasn't, it wasn't anything that you did to intentionally harm me. Now, I had to apologize, and we rode in the car a little awkwardly for a while, <laughs> you know, until I was like, hey, babe, I'm really sorry. I, was really, she was like, I know we were just playing, blah, blah, blah. But at least she understood the trigger. 
And what I'm saying to you is that when you understand your own AI, you won't say dumb stuff to, a, to your wife like, I kill myself. <laughs> but you also, if it happens and somebody triggers you, you don't go off on them and ruin the relationship. And that's what happens a lot of times. People say something and people get offended and they ruin the whole relationship just because they got triggered by something. Yeah. Tell your neighbor, say, neighbor, neighbor. It's, important it's important to understand, to understand. Your, own your own triggers. That's right. That's right. Next thing, Caleb. You got to practice being positive. Nobody likes being around a negative Nancy all the time. You want to have good relationships, don't always be the person who always sees the glass half empty. No one wants to be around the person when we say, hey, we're going to do 1,200. We, we, we did 300 eggs last year. We're going to do 600 this year. We're going to do 1,200, and then we're going to do 4,800. And you go, where are we going to get 4,800 eggs from? <laughs> Why do you need all them eggs? Them kids gonna get candy with all that candy. Nobody, nobody needs that around them all the time. There's nothing wrong with being a person in the group to help people think things through, but it's very different than just being the negative person in the group. Nobody likes being around a negative person. I know a lot of people like to laugh and joke, but if all your laughing jokes are negative, people may tolerate you, but they can't stand you. Yeah. <laughs> Can I just be honest? Yeah. They may tolerate you, but they really can't stand you. Like, like God, all every time you come around. <laughs> Like, he don't even go here. Why are you talking to me? <laughs> Listen, you don't want to be that person. Develop your people skills. Understand your own emotional intelligence. Practice being positive. And then number four, practice being an active leader. Was there another one? I think you said one. There's not another one after that? I must have done Okay, number four. Practice being an active listener. You got to learn to be an active. Most people have never learned to listen. We learn to talk. Here's what happens. Even when you try to listen. I say, okay, I'm going to listen to you, Tamara. And Tamara talking to me and Tamara talking, talking, and we're good. Until Tamara say something that I don't agree with. In the moment Tamara say something that I think is a lie or a, mis a mistruth or, or a categorization that that's not me, I stop listening. Even if I'm not talking. Because now what I'm doing is formalizing. So I don't know what she say for the next five minutes. What I do know is that when she get through talking, I go right back to the thing I thought was misinformation. You got to learn to be an active listener. You got to learn to listen to people without being preoccupied about being right. You gotta learn to listen to people without being preoccupied about being right. You are not in a courtroom. You do not have to lay out the facts. You do not have to subpoena data from two weeks ago. You can just have the conversation. And let me help you. If 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 Sean and I are having a disagreement. And she is most impassioned about being right. And it makes no difference to me whether she's right or wrong. I can just acquiesce. Why have a fight over something that you don't care about? You can simply, you can just simply say, okay. I, I, I respect the way you see that. It may not be how I see it, but I, I can see it from your point of view. 
and so we can go with that. How can we move forward? Now, it has to come from a genuine place. It has, you can't, now, 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 I said that genuinely. Let me say it disingenuously. Oh, then that's fine then. Since you're the one who got to be right, be right. Because after all, you are always right, right? So you know what? Let's just move forward. How can we move forward with you being right next time? See, that's a disingenuous way. Now, now I don't know about your household, but now, we, back in the days, you start talking to me like that. Now, we want to box with each other. So you got to, you got, listen, if it's not that important to you, let it go. Don't have a fight for the sake of having a fight. Not just with your spouse, even with people you do life with. If you know you got somebody at your job who gossip and talk all the time, don't be mad when, they, when you find out they gossiped about you. You knew that's who they were. Shame on you, though, if you shared information with them after you knew they were a gossip. Shame on you. But don't be mad at them. That's right. they, people are who they are. There are certain things that I'm, I'm passionate about. But the things I'm not passionate about, I don't have to fight about them just, just, just to fight about them. You know, I came in here this morning. Brian was helping me with the chairs. The, the hotel didn't really set the chairs up quite right. I, could, I used to let that throw me all off. All off. I'm like, man, we just need to go home. I ain't preaching today. Man, if the chairs are off, we fix them. If we can't fix them, you sit on them. Most of y'all don't notice anyway. No, really. Most of y'all don't notice. Right. Most of y'all don't notice that this chair right here is actually not in the middle of this thing. It's actually because a little on the side. Y'all don't know. So I just pointed out. Y'all just came in and sat down. So why make a big deal out of it? Same thing is true in your relationships. Why make a big deal out of something that's not a big deal? Okay? So these are prerequisite things you need to do. Develop your people skills. Understand your own EI. Practice being positive. And then number four was making sure that you become an active listener. All right? All right. Now, real quick, let's go through these. Because I want to actually give you the seven habits. Go real quick. Number one, he actually going to put all four of them up there. Just skip two slides, I think, Caleb. I think it's two, yeah. So here are the first four. So you can write them down, take a picture, whatever you want to do. Number one, we talked about being an active listener, okay? Number one, become a great listener. Become a great listener. Everyone has the basic desire to be heard and understood. Unfortunately, few of us are taught how to be great listeners. Most people are too busy thinking of what they want to say next to really listen to what the other person is actually saying. When you notice yourself doing this, take a deep breath and correct your pattern by listening well. We naturally bond with people who really listen, who really hear us, and that we want to spend time with. Sometimes what you can do to slow the process down when it's your turn to talk is you can say back to that person what you heard them say. I know people think that's corny, but I'm telling you it works. Because I have sat with couples and heard a couple, heard one person say something, and we were practicing this, this, this tool, and the other person said, it could be like this. The person said, I don't feel that you always value me. The other person says, I say to the person, now say back what they said. They said, they don't think I care about them. No, 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 that's not quite what they said. They said they didn't think you valued them. That, that means they, they didn't think that you put weight on what they think, not that you didn't care. And so you give people a chance to say things back, and it does slow the process down, and it helps you to understand. Now, maybe he didn't care, but that ain't what she, that ain't what she just said. 
And so it's important for them to understand. Number two, ask the right questions. If you want to be a great community, you got to learn to ask the right questions. There's nothing worse than having a conversation with somebody and they leave you like, I don't know what they were talking about. But people do it all the time. People do it. Now, no, y'all laughing because y'all done done that to somebody. People do it. You have a 20-minute conversation, they leave you like, I don't know what they're talking about. Because in your mind, what you have done is go, you know what? I have disengaged. I am not about to ask them anything. I don't care no more. But if you want to be a part of community, you got to ask good questions. You have to learn to ask good questions. Why? Because asking the right questions gets to the heart of the matter. Now, I will tell you, I, I'm, and I don't think it may be rude. I tell people, don't, I ask people not to perceive it as rude, but I tell people, when they say, well, I, I got to tell you a story. I'm like, cool. I say, is it a long story? Don't I? I, I say, is it a long story? Because if it's a long story, I need to take a deep breath to get myself prepared for it. Because I like executive summaries. Okay? When I, when I, an abstract. I, I want to read the, I want you to give me the executive summary version. I, you know, and, and I, got, I got kids who give me long stories. And sometimes, I, and, and I'm listening, I'm like, hey, come on, all right, come on, all right, and, well, you know, get, get to it. But you got to learn, if you want to have deep community, you got to learn, and my wife told me this, ask the right questions. So if, you tell, if somebody's telling you a long story and you don't like a long story, ask them a question. Be like, okay, now wait, so how did, how did that happen? What was the intent? And then they get, you get them back on track, and you learn, but, but it builds a deep relationship. It helps you and them. Amen? Amen? Number three, pay attention to the whole person. Yeah. Say this. Say, people, people. Matter. matter. People matter, guys. Folk, people, people matter. They do. We tend to remember and appreciate the people who ask us if anything is wrong even if we haven't told them that anything is wrong. One of the things I appreciate about Chris, and most people who are in a relationship with Chris knows this, you can say in January that you like a butterfly statue. Your birthday can be in November. Chris gonna remember that you like a butterfly statue. It's not one of the things that I'm that great at, but I'm telling you, people appreciate that though. And you have to, and if people are, if people matter, then you can't just go, oh, I ain't good at that. You go, I'm not good at that, but I'm going to develop in that area. And so it's important. Isn't it? Think about it. In any relationship, when someone mentions something and somebody gets it for you or somebody does it for you like down the road, and they go, well, how did you even know I want it? You go, well, we were talking about it one time. And then they themselves have forgotten about it, but you remember. It's a powerful, powerful impact. Powerful impact. I like Panamera Porsches. <laughs> Peanut butter interior. I'm just saying. I just, I just throw that out there. Just throw it out there just in case somebody remembers. Pay attention to the whole person. Number four, remember things that are important to others. Just because it's not important to you doesn't mean it's not important to somebody else. I personally don't like talking on the phone. I just don't. Text me, message me, email me. I don't like particularly just talking on the phone. But my mother likes to talk on the phone. So when she calls, I don't hit ignore. Because <laughs> it's important to her. You got to know what's important to other people. It's important for Chris that if you are friends with Chris, that if you're going to do something that you consider exciting, 
you should let Chris know. Because Chris wants to know. Not that she knows. She wants to be excited with you. And if you don't do that and you don't understand that, then you forfeit a part of that relationship. Maybe you don't have to have everybody know. It ain't about you. She does. And so you have to learn that. I don't particularly care about getting gifts, unless it's a pen of force. Um, I don't particularly care about getting gifts, but my wife likes gifts. So whenever I go out of town, it don't have to be something big, but she likes me to bring, some, bring her something back. I don't want anybody to bring me something back that I can't use functionally. Don't bring me no snow globe. I can't do nothing with no snow globe. Don't give me nothing with no glitter on it. I don't, I don't, I don't want that. That's not, and if you know me, and you, and, and you keep bringing me snow globes, it tells me you don't care about me. Because I don't like snow globes. I don't want Unless it's a snow globe, you got a Panamera portion. <laughs> so remember things that are important to other people. All right, number five. Let's go. He's going to put the next uh, three up here. Be consistent and manage your emotions. Be consistent and manage your emotions. Learn how to hit the pause button sometimes. People who have mood swings are no fun to be around. Listen, we all have a bad day. Okay? We all have a bad day. But I used to tell people all the time, I won't use the vernacular that I normally use, but I would tell people, look, don't have a bad day and pee on me. Right. <laughs> I'll let you figure out the vernacular. <laughs> you don't get to have a bad day, and because you have a bad day, I have to be the brunt of your bad day. If you got a bad day, you go punch a punching bag, you go run some miles, you go run some hills, you lift some weights, you go eat some ice cream, eat you some jelly beans, whatever you got to do to get yourself together. But what you don't get to do is to be have a bad day and dump on me. You just don't. That's not how you build a relationship. Be like, well, they had a bad day, so I just took it. Shame on you. Because you only got so many times you're going to let somebody do that. Then you're going to blow up and be like, what's wrong? You just don't love me anymore. No, I'm sick and tired of you dumping on me every day. So you have to say to people, this is why you have to have, that's why you have to deal with conflict, even if you're not confrontational, and say, look, I, I seem like you're having a bad day. Because I, I didn't do anything to you. We're on the same team. Yeah. We, 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 I, I am, my wife, Cameron, no. Me and my wife got a saying. I am not your enemy. You know, you may be having a bad day and you you wigging out on me, but hey, I'm not your enemy. We're on the same team. We we trying to conquer the world together. We like pinky in the brain. So 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 don't 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 dump on me. And and most people, if they have a high enough EI, they'll be like, you know what? You're right. You're right. I, I'm sorry. But if you just sit there and take it, be somebody's whipping boy, then then you're not going to have a good relationship with them. Number six, be open. And share, watch this. Listen, there is nothing worse in community than when you first join a community, you tell everybody in the community your whole life story. The first time I meet you, I don't need to know your whole life story. You need to learn how to share in parts. No, everybody can't even handle all of your truth. And so you, because we all grown in here, you I have seen people who have come into the church and they tell people, oh yeah, I used to be a prostitute and I did crack and I did all, and people are like, oh. Now, people shouldn't be that way, but everybody can't handle your truth. So, in, so until they get to know you, until you have built some relationship, you don't share everything. 
So if you want to learn to build community, community has to be built at a, at a step by step, level by level, okay? So you be open and you share, but make sure you understand the appropriate timing to share certain things. I act a certain way around Chris and Ralph than I do just the general public. It's, I'm not being fake or phony. I, it's, it's just different. I, I let my, my hair down if I had any, if you would. <laughs> Why? Because they have proven that they can take all of who I am. There are some people who can only take Pastor Strick. That's all they can take. There are some people who can take Strick. There are some people who can just take old Edwin. And you got to understand who those people are in your life, and you have to operate accordingly. Because if I'm just Edwin around people who only see me as Pastor Strick, I can damage the relationship until they've had a chance to come to a deeper level. But you don't just run off telling everybody all your business. Now, I'm not talking about not sharing, but you got to learn how to share. Number seven, be genuine, be confident, be humble, trustworthy, positive, and fun. If you want to know how to have good relationships, do number seven, especially on the end. In, in, okay, she said be fun. I was actually thinking about that great uh, Negro philosopher, Kim, Kendrick Lamar. Uh, be humble. Sit down. <laughs> you got to learn to be humble. Nobody likes hanging around a braggart all the time. We glad you got a new job, but we don't want to hear about it every time somebody get a new job. Be genuine. Be who you are. Oprah Winfrey says it all the time. She said, when I found out that I could be a much better Oprah, real, she, said, I could, she said, I found out I could be a much better real Oprah than a fake Barbara Walters. And look who she is now. Listen, because she decided to be genuine. You gotta learn to be genuine. Be confident. Confident don't mean being arrogant, but we, people like confident people. Y'all don't, don't want to see me come up here preaching message hiding behind the podium. Somebody, you gotta be confident. Nobody, nobody wants to see that. Nobody wants to see that. <laughs> you gotta learn to be genuine. Be confident. Be humble. Be trustworthy. Do what you say you're going to do. Do what you say you're going to do. Don't always be promising if you can't come through. I have lived by this with my kids. When my kids ask me to do something, if I know I can do it, I tell them yes. And if I can't do it, I go back to them and tell them when I can do it. But, if I, but most of the time, I will do everything. I'll move other things around to make sure that I am trustworthy. If I say I'm going to pay for you to go somewhere, you're going. If I say you can do something, you can do it. If I say I'm going to get you something, I'm going to get you something. Now, the other thing they have to learn to discern is when they ask for something, and I say maybe. See, now kids think maybe me. Oh, yeah. Because they got childlike faith. <laughs> I didn't say to them maybe is a yes. So I had to teach them that maybe so. So I don't say I say maybe so, maybe no. That, that's how I communicate my maybe. Maybe so, maybe no. So that they hear the word no in there. You got to be positive. I said earlier, nobody likes old negative Nancy. And then, yes, have fun. Have fun. Now, having fun don't mean doing everything that, you know, what the world says is fun. 
I ain't talking about it. they like, oh, come on, let's, let's, let's hit this weed because, you know, let's be fun. And you, I, I mean, come on now. Be, be saints, right? Be saints, right? But you can have fun. There's nothing wrong with dancing. There's nothing wrong with laughing. There's nothing wrong with going to the movies. There's nothing wrong with watching TV shows. Listen, if watching Scandal going to send you to hell, then your salvation wasn't very sure. I hate when people say that. I don't go to scary movies because I don't like scary movies. Especially, now I used to be a big fan of the old scary movies when it was really scary movie like Jason them. Now they got a lot of demonic movies. I just don't like them. I don't do them. But I ain't going to send you to hell because you say you're going to one. You want to go to a demonic movie? Go, go see a demonic movie. That's what you want to do. I won't even say I want, see, I ain't like that. I won't even, see, see, see. Good community says, even when you scared out your wits. <laughs> Come on, I'll pray for you. Good community says, now, now good community says, you ain't, I, I see there? You shouldn't have read, but come on, I'm going to pray for you. Over there messing around with the O in the ring and all that other stuff. <laughs> I don't even know if that's a move. All right, that's all I got. Amen. I will Take those seven things. Listen, is there things you can just look over? You can work on one or two of them. You can work on one or two of the prerequisites. You can work on one of the foundational principles. Whatever it is, you can work on it. Amen? Listen, 